0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Come on, would you stand with me and let's continue to praise the Lord. Continue to give Him praise. Did you enjoy the voices of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. They'll be singing the first and third Sunday nights of each month, and one of those, or tonight, they'll be singing. And uh, my goodness, we are experiencing a mighty move of God. I hope that you can tell that the fast is having a difference in your life and making a difference. Yeah. So we're we're um we're, we're on the countdown. The 26th is when it ends. If you you might say, well, I didn't get into it uh, yet. Well, you've got one more week. So all we're going to ask you to do is to fast every meal from... No, no. Uh, But we are asking you to please join in. I want this last week to be the most focused week of fasting and prayer. Maybe you started out on your fast and everything got kind of cloudy and rough and you weren't able to maintain it. Join back in. Just give it your best shot. Listen, God's not loading up with fire bolts and wanting to shoot you down if you make a mess up with a fast, just uh, try to be involved in it because it makes a difference. We want to see, I have been getting reports this week. It's amazing what God is doing during this fast. I got a a wonderful phone call, was able to talk to a person that had, had cancer and a very serious cancer and got the word this week that they are totally cancer free, amen amen there are those who will tell you that that was just in fact i was reading an article not long ago that said that that was just for the bible times it stopped in the bible times there's no such thing as divine healing liar 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 pants of fire (laughs) yeah Uh, they can't tell me that because i've been divinely healed by the touch and the power of god i know Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. I'm preaching from a story that you have heard many, many times. Probably most of you could get up here and tell this story today. But I will be honest with you, I have never looked at this passage of Scripture this way. You may have, and we can compare notes after church, but today... The title of the, of the message is Encountering the Power of God. I would like to ask you to consider this. What to do when you're in a dilemma. Everyone say dilemma. <laughs> this passage of scripture shows that Israel was in quite a Dilemma. I could hardly wait to get to the pulpit today because I believe I'm preaching to numbers of people that have been or presently are in a dilemma. And you may have been questioning God as to why God let this happen to you. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Now, where the presence of the Lord is, you can rest. This is a a statistic that I want everyone to pay attention to. This is very important what I'm getting ready to tell you. Eighty-five percent of what people worry about never happens. Eighty-five percent of what people worry about never happens. But it goes further than that. Because the other 15% of those who actually went through their problem... It was around 80% of those, 78%, that said it was much easier than what my mind had been worrying about. And then there's that small percentage that actually went through what they were worrying about. Isn't it amazing how many times we stay awake at night? how many meals that we just can't enjoy because our stomach is upset, how we fuss and fight with each other because we're carrying worry. You're in a dilemma, but God has something for you in your dilemma. Father God, I'm asking you right now that you would help us to quit panicking. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to realize that you've declared and we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose now dear Lord as we encounter your power let us have the assurance that with every dilemma you have made a way of escape in Jesus name amen you may be seated Today I want you to look at an encounter with God's presence in the middle of a dilemma. A situation where there seems to be no way out. Anybody here ever been in a dilemma? Yeah. One of the most noted stories in the Bible is the story that I'm going to be preaching from today. And it's talked about, it is a celebrated miracle. It's not only talked about in the Old Testament, but it's talked about in the New Testament. In the book of Hebrews. It it is uh, not a small miracle, it was a... Big, big miracle. And and I want you to prepare yourself for your dilemma. Now, if you're not in a dilemma now, and I'm not trying to pronounce bad things on you, but let's get real. If we live, and I hope you all live, you're going to encounter some type of dilemma. Dilemma. Now, let's talk about the story up to this point. The children of Israel are in bondage. They are slaves. They're not just slaves. They, they are highly abused slaves. Now, uh, to the point that their workload was almost inhuman. And the more that they complained, the worse it got. These people had every right to complain. They had every right to say our work is overbearing. But the Egyptians did not care. Pharaoh certainly didn't care because this was a free workforce. All he had to do was dream, and they had to produce the dream. The Egyptians really didn't have to produce. They just had to lord over them. If they didn't produce enough, beat them some more. If they didn't produce enough, threaten them again. So it comes to a point where God has called a man called Moses and said, I want you to go back. And I want you to deliver the people out of this bondage. Moses goes back and God begins to speak to Moses and in powerful ways and he goes before Pharaoh. He goes before Pharaoh with plagues. Now, I, I just want to clear something to you and make you understand early going. God is a big God. God. And God knows how to put plagues on people. Everyone under the sound of my voice hear this. God does not find pleasure in plaguing his people. Did you hear me? The plagues that God puts out, he plagues those who are fighting his people. If God wanted to do bad things to you, it wouldn't be any problem for him to do it. But the devil has used that (coughs) (coughs) for a long time to Christians. And if something bad happens, and if you get into a dilemma, (coughs) you've got God mad at you, Pardon me. And God is trying to plague you. I just want you to kick that to the side. God wants to give good gifts to his children. God wants to bless his people. God wants to pour out the uh, blessings from the windows of heaven that are opened up. So Moses went before Pharaoh and there was the plague of blood. There was then the plague of frogs, the plague of lice, the plague of flies, the plague of livestock, the plague of boils, the plague of hail, the plague of locusts, and the plague of darkness. And each time it seemed to get worse and the people said, hey, get them out of here. We're ready for them to leave. But Pharaoh, the Bible says God hardened his heart. There was a purpose for God to harden this heathen's heart. Now, listen to me. It's important for us to realize that God has a plan. Are y'all with me? I want to make sure why I lay this foundation that you're with me. Now God has said to Moses, get the people ready because the last plague that I'm going to do, they're going to let you go this time. There's no fooling around. He's not going to renege on it. This time he's going to let you go because I'm going to kill all the firstborn of flock Of all the animals, I'm going to kill the firstborn of all humans unless you go into your house and put blood on the doorpost, even the people in Israel, their firstborn will die. I mean, when the death angel was flying over, he was flying over with business. The children of Israel took blood, put it on the doorpost, and stayed in. And while they stayed in, the death angel passed over, and there came a wailing. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine now, late at night, you start hearing. Cries, mamas yelling and screaming, daddies crying out, oh, what in the world? Because the death angel had come across and the firstborn in every household that did not have the blood covering, they had a death experience in their home. Let me tell you, at that point, things started happening. Moses is called in, get out, get out now. We don't want you around and so they leave. Now things start looking up for the people of Israel. I want you to get a picture now. My goodness, they are free. They're, getting a, a, they're gonna go to a new place. They're going to go to a land flowing with milk and honey I just want you to imagine the dancing and the shouting, the high fiving that is going on, the break dancing. However, they break danced back then, they were having a time. And then God also told them, said, "Go and borrow from the people." So. They, they went to the Egyptians and just in this choir, can you imagine how well I would do if I went around and said, can I borrow some earrings? Can I borrow a ring? Can I borrow, can I borrow? By the time I got through, I could go to a pawn shop and make all kinds of money. These people are leaving now. They're not poor because they have literally, without raising a sword, God looted the entire place. They're leaving in a good condition. Now, uh, uh, this is the first time in years, maybe the first time ever, that some of these people had a smile on their face. And then we get to Exodus chapter 13, and verse 17, and it says, "God did not lead them by the way. Let me read it. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them. Everyone say, God led them. Amen. Wow, that's shouting material. Now listen to what God did, and God led them not through the way. Of the land of the Philistines although that was near I want to stop right there they could have left Egypt gone through the land of the Philistines because it was the shortcut but God didn't lead them that way going to verse 18 Less peradventure, the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. God knew, hey, I, if I lead them to shortcut, some of these people, once it gets tough, once that 85% worry rate hits, they might turn around and take the shortcut back to Egypt. Isn't that amazing that God was saying, some of these people that I've delivered would get upset and go back and they would prefer to be in bondage again rather than be free. Now there's somebody under the sound of my voice today that needs to hear this, that you've lived in bondage because you want to be in bondage. I need y'all to help me pray. This is a deep message that I feel burning in my spirit, and, and there's warfare going on right now. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, I don't want to be in bondage. Yes, you do, because freedom has been given, and you're staying in the place that you're in. There's, there's a God today that wants you to be free. There's a God that won't, whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. If you're still bound, it's, you're bound because you want to be bound. Preacher, you just don't know how my situation is. I, maybe you just don't know how big our God is. I want you to get a bigger vision of your God. Now, th- their dilemma happened when God, was leading them. Instead of leading them the shortcut, God zigzagged them through the wilderness. God led them the long way. I can't stand for the GPS to lead me. The long way, let alone God. Amen. Y'all are with me now. I've related. Jackie is like, she's got great sense of direction. And there's times that the GPS will be Telling us and she goes, no, there's a shorter route. I just want to tell you, I trust Jackie more than I do GPS. I've seen her track record. But God, why would you lead me through all this junk? God! Why would you put me through a zigzag in the wilderness if you're so smart, God? Didn't you know we could have gotten to this place just cut through that land right there and you've got us out here? Come on. That's how some of us get in the dilemma we're in. Because... We took the shortcut, and God knew what was in the shortcut. Help me now. Okay, so the Bible tells us that as God is leading them, this is very important. When he would lead them, he would lead them with a pillar of cloud by day. And then at night, he would go behind them and put a pillar of fire which was a barrier, a protector. So when God was leading them in the daytime, as long as they followed, everything was good to go. That was in verse 21. But at night, he would put a fiery protector behind them. So now here they are in the wilderness. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 3, I want you to look at what happens here. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. Boy, y'all pay attention to this. A little bit earlier, we all said God led them. God led them into a cul-de-sac where Pharaoh was telling his people, hey, Pharaoh is looking at his friends and saying, these dumb Israelites, they don't know what they're doing they have zigzagged through the wilderness and they now are trapped. The only way out is through us. And we're going to whip some hide when they start coming back our way. There's a devil in hell that today... Thinks he's got you in a cul-de-sac. There's a devil in hell, oh Lord, that thinks you've gone and trapped yourself. You thought you were so smart. You thought you'd start serving the Lord. You thought you could fast and pray and get victory over your problem. But I've got news for you is what the devil would like to say. I want you to know that the children of Israel were led into a trap and God put them there. That's not how my God works. My God doesn't put me in a trap then you might not be serving the same God that they were. I've never looked at it this way. I'll be honest with you. I I just never paid attention to it. And, And God was leading them the whole way. Some would say God wouldn't do that. But sometimes God puts you in a dilemma. Someone please hear this. Sometimes God puts you in a dilemma where you look and go, I'm up the creek without a paddle. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I'm in a catch 22. Woe is me. I'm gonna die where the only way out is God. Oh, boy, here it goes. Fasten your seatbelts, you're probably not going to enjoy this part as good. So, all was going good, but then in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4, God said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He said it again. Now, when you harden a heart, that's pretty bad. But when you harden a hardened heart... Say that 10 times quick, okay? When you harden a hardened heart, that person is bad, that person is mean. Pharaoh now is getting lathered up. What do I mean by that? He's so ticked off, I'm going to make them pay the price. So God had hardened his heart, God did it. And see, when God is ready to make his move, it doesn't matter how much money you have and who you know and... And what you possess and where you live or the car you drive, the house that you have. When God gets ready to show up and show off, he's going to perform his will regardless of how many pharaohs are around you, how much wilderness is around you, how much Red Sea is before you. When God gets ready, things are going to happen. Will someone say amen to that? God hardened his heart. And and so Pharaoh's, uh, uh, Pharaoh. They chased after them. And what? Uh, what have you done, dear God? Why, why are you doing this? And, and, and they finally get out of Egypt and they're finally free. Then it looks like God has changed his mind. Have you ever gotten out of a church service and you're going, whoo, man, praise God, I got the victory. Glory to God. And, and then the phone rings. Or either you just got through shouting and praising God. It can't get any better, and you walk out and you got a flat tire. Come on, we've been there. Amen. These people been shouting, praising God, and now, uh oh, this isn't good. The sons of Israel look. And they see Pharaoh and his army, and they become very frightened, and they cry out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, help us. Now, that's a good thing to do. But that's not all they did. Because they're looking out, and I need you to stand up. You're going to be Moses. Come on over here, Moses. They look and there's Pharaoh and his army coming. And they go, we're in a cul-de-sac. You big dummy. You led us into this cul-de-sac and you said, God did it. At the same time they were crying out to God, they were blistering the man of God. The same time they were, oh, God, please help us, they were belittling him. They they said something like this, didn't we tell you that this was going to happen? Were there not enough graves back in Egypt that you brought us out here in the wilderness, and this is where we're going to die? So, thank you. Moses. So this dilemma produces a spiritual conflict within them. Crying out to the Lord on one hand and complaining to Moses on the other. I, I'm calling on God, but I'm blaming man. That's what a dilemma will do. It will confuse you. And, and blaming man is what we do. We're good at it. You don't have to teach a child to do it. A child knows how to do that. Who broke the toy? Susie. You didn't have anything to do it? Ah, ah, Susie did it. We know how to blame. Adam and Eve. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Uh, Both of them blamed God. And so that's where we are. And when you find yourself confused, you must find somebody. Oh, please hear this. You must find someone with a spiritual level that can give you God advice, not earthly advice. Someone's going to get help from this. There's a lot of people that when they go through their problem, they try to find someone that's been through their same problem, that went through their same dilemma, that had the same bad ending. I don't wanna find someone who had the same bad ending that I'm headed for. I wanna find someone who can tell me not to have or how to not have a bad ending. But there's a lot of people, what they will do, they will find people on their same spiritual level. And so, you're probably going to get some bad advice. Uh, It comes in the form of this in our day and time. It's the philosophical Christian. This is what I think. Once a person tells me that I'm done, I don't wanna hear what you think. If I start out with this is what I think, you need to turn the channel. What I think doesn't matter. Well, you're the preacher. It still doesn't matter. I have an earthly opinion, but if I'm gonna get you somewhere spiritually, I better have an opinion better than my own. Are you with me here today? Are you following this, this path here? Oftentimes, when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, we we don't find the person who can pull us up. We find a person who can waller in our pity with us. I've done it, so I can talk about it. Come on. When we find ourselves messed up financially, look... It's real easy to go and ask people for money. People are good. But I'd rather be finding someone who can say, here's how to manage your money and get you out of that situation. Well, I've got a terrible job, preacher. Well, there's people that can help you and train you to, to uh to interview better and and qualify better so you don't have to stay at the level that you are but there's a lot of people all they want to do is stay in their cul-de-sac when God is saying I've got something bigger and better prepared for you but all you're doing is whining and complaining they're now put in a place Of submitting to spiritual authority. And so, Moses, in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, God says to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Now, if you read this entire chapter, you're not going to find anywhere where Moses was crying out to him. Yet still, God said, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Because God knows our thoughts before we speak it. Don't you think for a second, because I've been there. Rick, you pastored a long time. I I might stand up here, but there's times I'm going, oh God, please work it out. Wherefore, Christ, thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Go forward. There's a Red Sea in front of us. Go forward. Moses, are you still awake over there? (laughs) (laughs) Go forward. Go forward. That's some leader we got. Some leader. He's over there relaxed while... Go forward. God told them to go forward. Moses had just told them just a few verses before, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Did you ever read this thinking, how many ever played the game red light, green light? Wonder if the children of Israel were going, okay, stand still, go forward, stand still, go forward. What kind of leader are you? But he was saying, When you don't know what to do, then stand still. But then when he came back and told them to go forward, he had gotten directions again and he said, this time, go forward. Going forward meant that their feet were going to have to do something that there wasn't any proof that they were going to be able to accomplish. Their feet were going to have to operate in faith Sometimes you'll operate in faith in the midst of fear. Just because I have faith doesn't mean that fear has been eradicated. Just because I I have experienced a a little bit of faith, I still sometimes am walking by faith right in the midst of fear. But if God says go forward, my job is to go forward. Go forward. It doesn't make sense. Go forward. I I don't feel anything. Go forward. I, I don't feel those Holy Ghost goosebumps running all over me. Go forward. I feel depressed. Go forward. I feel anxiety. Go forward. I feel, I feel. Go forward in spite of your feeling. My Lord God. Now, Here's the deal. I'm just about through. Moses obeyed. God told him, I'm going to, here it is again in verse 17. I'm going to harden the heart of the Egyptians. Up to this, I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh. But now, I'm going to harden the heart of these Egyptians. So they got lathered up. What, What do I mean by that? Just bottom line. They got so locked in. We're going to fight them. We're going to catch them. We're going to make them pay. And so I want you to understand that they're not just on a Sunday afternoon chariot ride now. They're whipping the horses. We can't get to them fast enough. I can't wait to whip some Israel hide. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to make them pay the price. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear the chariots are rumbling and the people are yelling because God had hardened their heart and now they are focused. We're going to destroy God's people. I want you to get one more picture with me. There's a group of devils. There's devils that want to destroy you. There's devils that want to bring anxiety and confusion and hurt, and they've lathered up. Oh, we know that our time is about to end. We know Jesus is about to return. So we've got to get them as fast as we can. We've got to bring them down. We've got to tear them up, and they're riding after us with all of their might but praise be to God, the same God that led Israel is the same God that's leading and protecting you and I. I told you that there was a cloud by day and a fiery uh, cloud by night. No weapon formed against me will prosper because there's a protection around you and around me. We can operate in the faith. Just keep moving forward. So now Israel, the water's open. Well, God told Moses, stretch out your rod. He did, and all night long the wind blew. Dried it up. The children of Israel. Millions of people walked across on dry ground. Millions of people went forward. And Israel, they're riding. I mean, pardon me, Egypt, they're riding. We got them now. They went through, we'll go through. Now I just want to tell you. Walls of water on either side, dry ground. Millions of people walk through. And Egypt is in hot pursuit. I would just have to say that it still had to do something for me, Brother Howie, for me to crawl through that. Amen? That's like jumping out of a perfectly good airplane with a parachute. Uh -uh. That's why I don't bungee cord. At my weight, there'd be someone who measured it for a 180-pound man. When I hit the ground, they'd go, mmm, my bad. <laughs> Y'all bungee all you want to. That's not for me. I can just see as these Egyptians are going and, and they get to this water now, And here's what happened in verse 31 of chapter 14, listen, they went through, the Egyptians went through and Israel saw, everyone say saw, and Israel saw that great work, which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. What happened to the Egyptians? The walls of water crashed in on them and they were destroyed right there in the Red Sea. The same Red Sea that the children of Israel had gone through where God made a way where there was no way right at the cul-de-sac when he said go forward. They did what he told them to do. That same place is what devoured the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They saw when when god puts you in a dilemma he does that so you can see something god wants you to see something after israel looked it was like great day look at what our god did moses these other people, they were talking junk about you. They're talking smack. Uh-uh, I had your back the whole time. Yeah, me and you. Hey, bud. Yeah, we're, we're tight. Yeah. Woo, we got a great God, don't we? Whoa, man, you're a great leader. Praise the Lord. Isn't that the way it works? In your time of dilemma, it is okay to acknowledge the reality of the matter. When the doctor says, you've got cancer, and he's got verified proof of that, that's not denouncing your faith when you say, I've been diagnosed with cancer. That is the dilemma. When you know that your house payment is X amount and you've only got this much, it's okay to say, this is all I've got. Now, I better get you to stand because I'm trying to hurry and close. Everyone stand. I try to be in a very honest and open relationship with God. When, when here's my dilemma, I go to God and I say, here's my dilemma. I don't know what to do. Here's the situation I'm in. I don't know any way out. I'm giving it to you. Now, my problem is picking it back up. But I try to take it and leave it. Now, in your time of dilemma, you acknowledge. But now, hopefully after today, you have a bigger view of God. I Some people, their theology would be this. God just was aimlessly moving them through there and then, oh man, I got them trapped. Let me find a way out. The whole thing was planned. The whole time, God had it all worked out. And while God is seeing your tomorrow, you and I are still living in our today. So today I'm asking you to start trusting God and our job is to get into his presence When you get into his presence on Sunday, praise God. But you need to get into his presence on Monday. Because tomorrow will bring about some things that today won't bring about. I've got good news for you. God knows about your Wednesday dilemma. God knows about your end of the month dilemma how am I going to pay how am I God knows help me get into your presence God help me to get into that place where if you lead me in a cul-de-sac that's okay if you lead me on a mountaintop Hallelujah, if you lead me in a valley, I'm cool because I'm in your presence. And when I'm in your presence, I have provision. When I'm in your presence, I have healing. I have deliverance when I'm in your presence. And I want to end with this, verse 15, chapter 15, verse 1. Listen to what happened. These people whined, they complained, God delivered them. And in verse 15, Then Moses sang, and the children of, I- and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. They just went from... Oh, we're going to die to, oh, victory. (laughs) Well, God made a way. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touched me. They went from sorrow and despair to camp meeting right out there in the wilderness. What was the difference? They followed, they followed, they followed. There's an old song that says, where he leads me, I will follow. There's another, the songwriter put it, follow thee is my desire. I will follow thee. There's many songwriters that have Beautifully written about this, but today in closing, I'm asking you to purpose in your heart to follow the Lord. There's a plan. There's a plan. When is the last time that you had your song back? Not one time in chapter 13. Chapter 14, did I hear one thing about them singing, heard about them whining, complaining. They lost their song. When's the last time you've had your song back? My God, someone needs to hear, that. oh Lord, help me right now. I can't sing, but you sing anyway when you got a song. Yeah. You do. Your wife might be going, honey, please don't do that. But that don't deter you. It doesn't stop you because you're going, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm feeling this thing. Look what the Lord has done. Uh Uh-huh. You don't care. You don't care if people stop their ears up because you got your song back. I'll tell you who cares if you get your song back. The devil in hell doesn't want you to have your song back. The other week, I found myself, we had this powerful service, and all week long, I just found myself singing. A lot of times, I'm just so busy with things, but I was singing all week long. I was like, praise God, this feels good. The people around me might not like to hear it, but I wasn't singing to them. I was singing to God. One last little chorus, and it says, there's within my heart a melody. Jesus, whispers sweet. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. The song says, he keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Now today, I'm I'm going to ask my prayer, altar prayer team if they'd make a move up here. And, and, And I need for you to listen to me very carefully. There's two things I want to address If you're not following the Lord, you're following the devil. If you're not following the Lord, your father is the devil. I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just stating it how it is. And the difference, if you're not following the Lord, when you get into your cul-de-sac, you're gonna get defeated. When you get into your wilderness, you're gonna get devoured. So here's where we're at. If you're not a Christian, I want you to come. I want you to make your way. I want you to step out from where you are right now, and I want you to start following the Lord. There's blessings, and there's help. So this altar is open for all of those. The second thing, and and this is what I feel very... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at bethesdacog.org. God bless.